With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Salutations, Mets fans, and welcome to this week's edition of Amazing Avenue Audio, the official podcast of your SB Nation New York Mets site, Amazing Avenue. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and with me this week is Greg Karam. Greg, this week we have seen a plethora of Noah Syndergaard selfies at various New York City sporting arenas. So if you could get Noah Syndergaard to take a selfie somewhere in the world, and post it to Instagram or whatever he does, Snapchat, whatever the kids are using these days, where would you have him do it? You know, unless the audience thinks that this is all planned and coordinated beforehand, I just got this question dropped in my lap five seconds ago, and I cannot think of anything. So I'm just going to go with the devils because I want people to start associating the devils with New York athletes and, like, it's okay if they go over there and, and, and hang out you know, and be Devils fans too. I saw Zach Wheeler was there the other week. That was a step in the right direction, but I want Noah Syndergaard on board too. So Noah Syndergaard, very famously a a soccer player when he was younger. There you go. So I am going to send him to 
I think I'm going to go with the Azteca next time there's like a U.S. Oh boy. Mexico uh, game. It's, it's a little dangerous. He might get things thrown at him, like, you know, bags of urine. That's been known to happen yeah, there. Uh, yeah. I think they have fences yeah. around most of like the, the crazy. That's a pretty crazy stadium, though, too. It it's is, like, it's say. like 90 degrees and. I believe it's at, it's not like at super altitude, like Ecuador, but I think it is at a certain amount of altitude, too. I think it's. It's in Mexico City, right? Which yeah. is already it's already at elevation just being in there. So just know a Syndergaard and like a Team USA jersey and just like he's taking a picture and there's like a bag of urine flying into a <laughs> into shot. Not bad. This is episode one hundred and fifty nine of Amazing Avenue Audio, and it is our two thousand fifteen AAAAOP spectacular. There was supposed to be three of us, but Chris McShane is sick. He did send me and Greg his AAOP, which was, as promised, essentially just sign Cespedes and I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) There was some other stuff, too, which we will get into. But since it's a little more low-key, less uh, fewer moving parts this year because there's only two of us, we'll sort of talk our way through it. Yeah. The deadline at the site was... Today at 4 p.m., you had $120 million to spend, which sure is looking like more than the Mets will actually spend this offseason. Oh, yeah. But dreaming is nice. Uh, so what was your strategy going into this, Greg? Where were you looking to make changes or upgrades? Was this a wholesale teardown or just trying to improve around the margins? Well, my my initial plan was to kind of set up the team for – the playoffs you kind of almost assume that they're going to be in the mix and make the team strengthen the bullpen you know get get a couple defensive upgrades and just kind of have the team that's ready for the playoffs you know specifically with the bullpen because i i really it was it was an issue late in the year and it was an issue especially in the playoffs they could not they just couldn't bridge that gap i mean it didn't show up too bad maybe game four of the world series was an example but um but then i just i took a step back and realized all right look they have to get through a 162 game season yes and my strategy for getting through a 162 game season is to have you need depth okay you need to weather injuries things happen uh darno gets hurt Wright gets hurt you need players who can slide in and occupy those positions while those guys come back from the injuries. So that's where my my mindset shift my mindset shifted to and that's how I ultimately ended up on the plan that I went with. Okay, so we'll start with I the best way to do this is any trades, any fun trades. <laughs> well, no. Uh I tried to to try to think of some trades, but what are their assets? Their assets are they're starting pitching. Okay, mm-hmm. they have a couple of minor leaguers who are decent. They have decent projections, but it's more hope than it is. Uh, it's it's more hope and projection than anything else. So there's really not too much you can do there because when you also then look at where all their money's uh, tied up, you know, Wright has twenty million. He's not going to be traded. Um, Kadir has twelve and a half million. He's he's untradeable. I mean, you could send them. You could send him and twelve and a half million dollars. I don't think anyone would take him. And his Corvette. 
He's a Corvette. He has a Corvette. <laughs> See, it's about having you don't listen to last week's show, Greg. Ah, uh, problem. Uh, <laughs> outed. Um, so there's really not. I don't know where you can go with that. I, I was looking at trading Juan Lagares. I uh, flirted with a little Lagares and Kim, Kim and Kimber. There we go. <laughs> no dogs. Are, my wife just got home, so there you go. Get it out of the way early. I was I was I, was, I floated uh, a Lagares and Kimbrel trade, but it just it just that that already happened. So like I just couldn't I couldn't put anything together. I couldn't put it together. Okay. I know it's kind of boring. But, yeah, mine uh, is too. I guess we'll yeah. start with then uh, starting pitching. Did you make any changes? I, I didn't make any changes to starting pitching. I don't know why why we would. Um, you got Wheeler coming back mid year. You have depth in Verrett and potentially Montero. So that's that's a that's a strength of the team. I know that injuries happen. I know that they could use more depth, um, but you're not gonna. It's not some place that you want to spend resources right now because it's a strength. Fair enough. I did make one slight change. Okay. So for the second straight year, here's my philosophy on the starting pitching. I tried to figure out a way that maybe a Harvey trade would work but what you said is very much true um you need to find more pitching depth if you deal harvey and you're also dealing a cost control days yeah so it may happen but i'm not doing it the pitching is so good on paper it's just so good the one change i didn't want to make is even with the seemingly generous $120 million budget, there's only certain places you can really justify paying full market cost for guys. Um, fifth starter, I don't know if that's one of them. Yeah. So for the second straight year, I traded John Neese for an interesting reliever. <laughs> oh. uh, I traded him to the Rockies for Jairo Diaz. Okay. It's, I think it's six full years of control left. You know, it's it's big arm, slider, pitched a little in the majors this year, okay. You know, good track record of strikeouts at the minor league level with some command issues. You know the profile. You know what that guy looks like. Um, but he's a guy that can slot right into the major league bullpen and with a little bit of uh, improvement could be a, a legitimate setup guy, you know, like a seventh inning, eighth inning type. And and the Rockies do that because uh, Nice is a more of a ground ball pitcher. Yeah, they've and... always they've been linked to John Nice before, um, and they need. We you saw the Rockies Mets games this year. They need starting pitching desperately. Yeah, and you can okay. reunite him with Daniel Murphy, who's probably going to end up there. So that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. I um, traded in John Nice for relief pitching last year as well. <laughs> Seems to be a trend. Um, so yeah, he gets nine ish million, nine and a half, I think, next year. Yes, that's a reasonable price for his what he's going to give you as a as a fifth starter type. Mm-hmm. Um, so my problem with paying that much for Nice in the fifth starter spot is he's not been particularly durable. I have Stephen Matt, Noah Syndergaard on innings limits next year. I need a reliable. If I'm going to pay, you know, in that eight to ten million dollar range, I need a reliable. 190-ish inning arm at the back end of that rotation. So I was racking my brain thinking, who could I get to do that? And then it came to me. 
Bartolo Colon. <laughs> One year, eight million. Just give me 190 innings of joy. He can, you know, move to the pen if needed when Wheeler comes back in July. Perfect. That's that's Bartolo not, back. Hey, I got no issues with bringing Bartolo back at all. And if you're going to pay for a, a 4.00 ERA type, and I think both of them, there's a chance they're a little better than that next year. There's a chance they're a little worse than that next year. I want the guy that's going to guarantee me innings when I need them. I love how you say that Bartolo is the model of health and consistency when, like, that's not actually his history. And he's also 42 years old. Who are you to doubt Bartolo? I'm just saying. All right, the bullpen. Yeah. You said you were going to really focus on there, but then not so much. What were the changes you did make? I didn't make any changes to the bullpen except I brought back uh, Jerry Blevins on a short you know a one year like two million dollar contract okay uh, I did make a few or did you tender Addison Reed did not tender did Addison not Reed tender Addison and, Reed so just I give me to free up the cash <laughs> give me your bullpen behind Familia then all right so then that's just gonna be just the, the regular guys that were were there last year for the most part um let me just pull that up. You got Familia, you got um, Robles, Torres, Verrett, Gilmartin, Goodell, Blevins. Uh, do I need one more? I sounded like it was six plus Familia, so I think that's right. Thirteen, twelve. That's what I did. Yeah. All right. That's just not inspiring. Who's your no, eighth inning not. guy? Who's your eighth inning guy there? Robles? Well, Robles? Yeah, prob- prob- Robles? Probably Robles. See, here's the thing. It's like it's like I, I started thinking about spending all this money on the bullpen, and then I just I just I'm so scared of every bullpen guy. Like you want Darren O'Day? He throws 89 miles an hour. You want Darren O'Day? No. Darren O'Day's been one of the best relievers in baseball for like four years. I know. But I didn't I sign him either. But I know if he. It's like if Craig Kimball loses two miles an hour off his fastball, who cares? Darren right. O'Day does. He's that, got a problem. That's that's my point. That's that, you know. I'm, that's I'm really three years, twenty one million. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So I, I did make a few moves. Obviously, I said I traded for Diaz already. I'm gonna put him right in the pen. Uh, I did tender Addison Reed. You know, it, he's just not worth it. I think he's, it's. I I kind of believe in the in the changes since he came back from AAA. I like him having a full off, full spring with Dan Worthen to refine the slider. I think there's some upside there. It's a one-year deal. Oh, you're talking yourself into it so hard. But I need somebody. I'm not going to roll on Hansel Robles out there in the eighth inning <laughs> of a one-run game 50 times a year. I'm just watching him give up a home run to the moon. Um, but I also signed Sean Kelly. See, I okay, he was he was on my list. If I had a couple more million bucks, I would have I would have brought in sean kelly i really like him if they do bring him in i will be happy i signed him for 212 i think that's fine i'm that's, okay with the two-year deal there he's still pretty young he throws hard yeah that's even more than i would have thought but like i just went off he, what mlb trade rumors had for most of these deals uh, okay um, i was going using fan graphs um yeah sean kelly's good because he, he can throw uh i was looking at him he he doesn't really have too much of a split yep uh, so he can throw to both sides. I, I really like Sean Kelly. And if I had a couple extra bucks, I probably could have restructured some contracts. But yeah, I like Sean Kelly. Uh, I also gave Blevins a deal. I just I don't I just want him back. I don't think he can actually pitch. He broke his forearm twice. But He's bring, low him back as, bring him back as a lefty. High-risk, low-cost yeah. lefty. 
theoretically, I'm stretching out Gil Martin as a starter at AAA, but he gets slot in there too because they're going to need AAA arms, and that's what the Mets are going to do. I'm not that big of a Sean Gil Martin fan either. Um, and then, as I mentioned on last week's show, I'm signing uh, Sung Han from Korea. Well, technically from the Hanshin Tigers now, but the Korean pitcher who is a free agent was supposedly in New York today, according to the Korean internet. Very Ooh. exciting. Um, Steve Sippa wrote up a profile of him today for the site to record this on Tuesday night. You know, he's interesting, you know, low to mid-90s guy with a slurvy breaking ball. But the main reason I'm signing him is his nickname is Final Boss. Oh, that's the Final Boss guy. Yes, also Stone Buddha, but mostly Final Boss. Uh, I read the center fielder that he wrote up today. I didn't read about this guy yet. Yes, that is Final Boss, as you can't hear it, but my listeners can hear the Final Boss music that I want him to walk out to. Um, (laughs) If you put that in in post. And then for the last spot... um, It'll either be Verrett or Robles. You know, if you want to stretch out Verrett as a starter, to six starters, and a triple A, that's fine. Use Robles there. But um, that's my bullpen. I feel pretty good about it all in all. Hey, it's not bad. I mean, look, they got through most of last year um, without you know, with the same with a similar group of guys, and I think that they'll, I think they'll be okay. I, and and if not, if they won't be okay, they still have pieces. I think in the minor leagues, given what they were able to return, they could trade this, for a reliever. Certainly. That's that, that's my point. Based on what they got this year for what they had, I, I would say that they would definitely be able to do it next year with the guys like you know, Yanoa and maybe uh, Chris Flex and you know those types of guys. And if you're going to go into a season with the idea that you're going to trade for upgrades at the deadline, I'd rather they be relief upgrades than we need a new starting outfielder that's going to yeah. hit 20 home runs down the stretch. Yeah, that's kind of where I settled. Which takes us to the lineup. Yeah. Which I assume is where you spent your coin. Oh, yeah. So who is it? All right. So you looked at the team last year, and you saw how close they were and how you got the upgrade of Cespedes, and then you got Uribe, you got Johnson. You had uh, a team that was just bull-rushing everybody. You know, this is They won 90 games last year, but with that team in place, they probably could have won 95 games over the course of the year, probably even more. Um, so what I want to do is kind of bring back, I wanted the bats. I wanted, I wanted a big team. I wanted the, uh, I wanted to spend some money on the bats. So what, where, where can they upgrade on, on the team? I say that the, they don't really have that many black holes. Um, you lose Murphy. So second base is an issue unless you trust Herrera, which I, I, I like Herrera, but who knows? And then also in center field with Juan Lagares, um, who's a short side platoon center fielder um, who has issues with his arm and fielding. So, I mean, at least a little bit last year. So anyway, I'm bringing in Hayward. I'm giving him a nine-year, $200 million contract. If you want to throw in a player option to opt out, fine. I don't care. But you don't have to because this guy's going into his age 26 season. Uh, he's, he's one of the best defensive, uh, fielders, outfielders in the game. Corner outfielders. He can play center and that's what I'm doing at least for two years. So that's where we're bringing in. He has very similar overall stats. His offensive profile is very similar to Cespedes 
you know, minus the home runs, more on base. Minus the home runs, yes. <laughs> but but so it's like minus Cespedes' his, his entire offensive game, yes. His his weighted on base average is identical to uh-huh. Cespedes' over his career. So look, you're not you're not giving up that much, okay? I like Jason Hayward, and I think there's still some upside there in the bath. That's that's kind of the point too. I don't think you don't get free agents at this age, uh, at this quality. It just doesn't happen. And, and I think that the estimates that are being thrown around about for this guy, I mean, around a 20, you know, 20, 22 million a year for this guy, it's just, it's, it's too good to pass up for me, um, especially given the need uh, for the team and where he could profile down the road, you know, just taking him back into, into right field. That's your big move. That's my big move. You hit him second. Yeah, I would hit him second actually, uh, with that on base, and then uh, and with the legs, and then um, I make one more move, and uh, I bring in Ben Zobrist, wow. and this 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 factors into my theory of needing depth. Okay, um, he's a guy who could paper over some issues for the team if, say, he hasn't played that much other than second base. And I think it was mostly left field last year. But he's a guy who's capable of playing other positions. I don't know how well. But if, say, a right goes down, you can throw him over at third base. Um, If you lose a corner outfielder, you can stick him over there. Uh, I'm going to sign him to play second base. Um, He could probably play four or five, you know, five five to ten games a year at shortstop. Uh, The defense, I'm worried about the defense, uh, especially at that age. But the guy's a switch hitter. Um, you know, he's just. Uh, I think that the versatility just it, it prevents you from playing guys like Eric Campbell every day, and I think that's huge. And so those are that's my whole AOP. I'm I'm signing Hayward. I'm signing Zobrist. What are you signing Zobrist for? Four and four for fifty four. Okay. I had to go four years because I needed to bring down the AAV. Right. <laughs> uh, I didn't make. Quite such a big splash on the positional side, but I am going to sign Dexter Fowler for four years and sixty million, and forfeit the twenty whatever overall pick. Uh, look, I'm not thrilled about the center field defense. I don't think he's a, a great center fielder, but he gets on base. He's got some speed. He's a switch hitter. You can plug him into the leadoff spot, back Granderson behind him, and try to put Granderson's power into play a little more with guys on base. You know, maybe even do the thing where you uh, bat an empty OBP guy ninth, I guess in this case would probably be uh, Tejada on the days you start. Tejada. And I think he uh, gives him a little bit different look. It's a little more on base at the top of the lineup. And he's a, you know he's actually played center field in the last three years. He's played some He's played some center field. Come on, signing Kelly Johnson as a left-handed infield backup too. Uh, look, am I thrilled at running out there with more Flores and Dilson Herrera up the middle to start the season? No, um, Johnson gives me some depth there and sort of an emergency option i think just gotta i believe in dilson herrera you gotta roll the dice with him uh, i considered trying to trade for danny echeverria or jose iglesias uh take that shortstop spot but 
I think Fowler gives you enough offense plus the full year of Conforto that with the bullpen improvements and a full year of the pitchers, it's just in a weird spot unless you really want to make a major like blow up deal. Yeah. Getting that big bat in there is not easy. Because I think the strength of your is you've definitely improved the lineup uh, and the depth on the offensive side of things. Mm-hmm. But frankly, going into that season, that bullpen would scare the crap out of me. No, I agree. I definitely 100% agree with that. Well, I feel more confident being able to lock it down late game leads, but this is a little too close to the June yeah. offense for me. Yeah, you run the risk of uh, Herrera doesn't pan out, and then and then what do you do? You're playing Kelly yeah. Johnson every day. Yeah. Or okay. you shift Flores over to second and Tejada to short. Yeah. Um, so it's not, I mean, it's not a disaster. It's, uh, but with that pitching, you, you, you know, maybe they don't need as much, that, but you've also upgraded with Fowler. So it's not, it's not a bad to Look, they're in a pretty good position right now. I mean, but there are some moves that need to be made. I mean, they can't just roll into the season with what they have right now. They need to make some acquisitions. All right, here's an acquisition. Chris McShane. Sign Ioannis Suspedis for six years, $132 million. <laughs> Which I think, if I recall correctly, is very close to the uh, Jim Bowden number. I think he might get a little more than that, but whatever. It'll be a couple more million a year. He keeps the Conforta, Suspedis, Granderson outfield intact. Which leaves him with $9 million. It's Kelly Johnson, second base insurance. He also signed Sean Kelly for a little bit less than I did on a two-year deal. And uh, Blevins. So he goes with what he's calling 2015 World Series Mets light. <laughs> I mean, it does feel kind of weird that in the course of like three weeks, most of which he was hurt, we now feel like there's no way they should bring back Ioannis Cespedes. Well, the, whenever I talk myself into Cespedes, I'm just like, well, why don't I just go with Hayward because he's he's going to be a much better defensive center fielder. They're going to be playing Cespedes in center most of the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're going to take a hit there. So, and, and you don't know what you're going to get with the bat. I mean, you're not going to get August and September Cespedes. You're going to get probably closer to his career norms, which is a little bit less on base and a little bit less power. I mean, I think he's still probably, what, I'm fairly confident he's like an 800 OPS player with 25 bombs next year. Yeah. That's a really nice player. No, yeah, yeah. I agree. But he's, Uh, you know, he's older. No, it's true. Um, There's issues. There's issues there. Am I going to complain if they re-sign Cespedes? No, I'm probably going to dance around naked or something. I mean, like, I'm going to be happy. (laughs) There's an image for our listeners. (laughs) Those are our AAOPs. None of this is going to happen because they're going to maybe spend $104 million instead of $103 million next year. <laughs> oh, I know. Like Realistically, like they're going to bring in Gerardo Parra <laughs> and that's and then drop the mic and walk away. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, they only signed Kadair and John Mayberry Jr. last year. I know. It's crazy. And, and the, the longest contract they've ever given out is Granderson. Yeah. The the only multi-year deals they've given out are Kadire, Granderson, and Frank Francisco. Bartolo. Bartolo. 
But yes, I think that might be the entire list. Uh, somebody I saw tweeted out like they were surprised how fast. Like, I was like, when did Mets fans start uh, forgetting this team just went to the World Series and start complaining about ownership again? And I'm like, I think it was right about the time that, that uh, Bartolo gave up the base hit in Game 5 to break it open. <laughs> That's when it started. We all knew this was coming, and the they next, didn't even wait for the body on the season to be cold before. Right? They already They're like, oh, we're not signing were... Murphy and Suspettis. Right. Like, I really? flirted with resigning Murphy on on, on the AOP though. Yeah, I did you? Did. You're you always been a Daniel Murphy guy. I had a had a version in there where he takes a below market like four for forty deal, mm. and oh, it'd be good. Right. I couldn't talk myself into it, though, because Zobris is just a better hitter and has a little bit more flexibility in the positional. Side. I think he's still a pretty good second baseman, which Murphy has never been to. So. Those were our AOPs. Now we'll move on to your emails. Before we do emails, we do housekeeping. This is the Mason Avenue Audio, episode 159. Mason Avenue Audio is the official podcast of your SB Nation New York Mets site, Amazing Avenue. Find us on the internet at AmazonAvenue.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AmazonAvenue. Join our Facebook group at Facebook.com slash AmazonAvenue. You can find the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Amazing Avenue Audio, and you can listen or subscribe right there. I encourage you to do both. I also encourage you to rate and review the podcast. Find the podcast on the Stitcher app. Download directly from blogtalkradio.com slash AmazonAvenue, or listen to the embedded player that goes up in the podcast post Amazing Avenue proper. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. My co-host this week is Greg Karam. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg Karam. That was the housekeeping. These are your emails. You can email the podcast at podcast at amazingavenueaudio.com. The first email is from Corey. Hey, Jeffrey and co-hosts. First of all, thanks for your coverage all last season, especially during the playoffs and especially the Irish wake after game five. As an out-of-town Mets fan, I had a lot of thoughts during those weeks and precious few people to share them with. So it was very helpful to have you guys voicing my thoughts for me. But as you well know, that's the past and the time has come to think about the future. Which brings me to my question. We keep talking about our deep rotation. We deep, I think we're really saying it's not a very deep rotation. The rotation is <laughs> very good. Um, I guess the deep rotation versus starting pitching depth are probably two different things. But anyway, with speculation about who that fifth starter will end up being, or fourth if Harvey actually gets traded, the name I keep wondering about is Jeremy Hefner. Unless I remember incorrectly, Hefner was really figuring it everything all out in 2013. He was our most effective starter for a time. He and Harvey both went down to Tommy John surgery at the same time, and sna- uh, Hefner hit a snag at some point in 2014, necessitating a second TJ during the summer. But come this spring, that will be nearly two years ago. I see him on Twitter every now and again supporting the Mets, even posting videos of him throwing a ball. Any idea what his deal is? Do we still have his rights? Just wondering. Keep up the great work. Corey from Rhode Island. Uh, they do not still have his rights. They didn't uh, bring him they, back for 2015. But he is yeah. in uh, one of the winter leagues right now, sort of auditioning for a minor league deal slash NRI type thing, I would assume. They did bring him back after the first year. Yes. I, I, and he was rehabbing, actually, when he had the, like, horrible I think a relapse he was in a rehab game or something where he tore the like, yeah. broke his arm literally and retore the uh, ligament as I recall uh, while pitching so yeah, that's pretty horrible and, and like look I like Jeremy Hefner yeah, I, and, I would if like you want to a minor league deal in an NRA, I don't think you can really count on him for 2016 the dude's had two Tommy John surgeries right 
And even at his sort of peak, is he really the fifth starter on a first division team? No, I kind of like him as a bullpen candidate. Yeah. And if you want to bring him back, and obviously there's a prior relationship there as sort of a bullpen arm slash uh, extra Vegas thing. Because I keep sort of harping that they're going to need AAA starting pitching depth. Actually, I haven't even started thinking about that, but now that you mention it, yes. But no, he's going to weigh his options, probably how he looks in winter ball. Those are well covered by scouts, but there's a blast from the past. Indeed. Our next email is from Liam. Howdy, Jeff, and co-host. So now that the World Series is over and we have fully embraced the offseason, I wanted to ask about roster and trades. I do not think we will upgrade at shortstop. I don't either. And actually hope maybe with Dilson Herrera paired with positioning to make up for lack of shortstop defense, we at least break even and up the middle defense. Also, the quality trade partners for the Mets limits what we can do at shortstop. I'm of the opinion the Mets should really spend money this season because a quick glance at the 2017 free agent class looks awful. It's very bad. Uh, and the Mets can take advantage of selling Harvey for a haul. This lack of serious talent pool should spur the Mets to go all out to sign young, talented players. The contracts such as Desmond and Hayward. Hey, there's Jason Hayward for you. Only because of lack of future upgrades. However, this is definitely not going to happen. So thinking of terms of minute upgrades, how do you feel about the following ideas? One, sign Gerardo Parra. Three for thirty years. Three for three years for thirty million. Eases transition. Decent back and play a little center field. Helps when Grandison Conforto Langaris goes down. I really hope Parra's not going to get three years and thirty million dollars. Me too, especially not he from might. us. I'm just not excited about Gerardo Parra. No. Two sign quality backup catcher Ionetta or Navarro helps compensate for when there no needs rest. I also believe in K Plaw. Oh. Yeah, you can go in that direction. They're not going. They've never signed a veteran backup catcher. I mean, they traded for John Buck, I guess, but. They've never. They brought in Anthony Wrecker shortly after, and they just sort of took on Buck, I think, to make money work with the Blue Jays. Give plus some time. Yeah. Three. Sign Asdrubal Cabrera. Insert Twitter shrug. I will also Twitter <laughs> shrug at that. Essentially. Four. Sign Fireman Bart. Have him come out to fight fire with fire by Metallica, and we're an FDNY. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not gonna argue. I'm not gonna argue with that, obviously. Five, sign starting pitcher and put him in the bullpen. No, it didn't work that way. I think you just did that with Bart, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the longer email. Liam, P.S. Ty Kelly is my pick for the next approach. Next approach is so good that he gets major league at bat. He hit like 660 in the PCL last year. OPS. Also saw Courtney Hawkins live in Birmingham. I still say he's not a 30, damn it. Tim Anderson is fantastic, though, and you would like Jacob May solely for his speed. Hmm, maybe not. I see, I, I have the Champ Stewart experience. Yeah. Don't need to read this, but sorry for last email. Got very drunk. Don't drink an email podcast. Also, don't drink in podcasts. We would never do that. <laughs> Won't happen again. <laughs> Laugh next morning at the um. Which one did he send in last time? Liam, 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 Liam. That's already off the first page, so I'm not going to go back and look. It must have come directly to you. It could have. No, I usually star him, though. I'm in my start. Our next email is from Christopher. Thanks for the podcast, guys. The Marlins have recently quarreled with Scott Boris, crediting Jose Fernandez's workload, as you know. Oh, I know. If the rumors are true, they may like to deal another of Boris's players, also Jose Fernandez. Marcelo Zuna, are the Mets a good fit? He can play center field, is 25 years old, and can hit for power from the right side. Plus, coming off last season wouldn't cost as much in a deal as years past. 
Just an idea in that I haven't heard his name being tossed around in regards to the Mets outfield situation. So this is one of the few times in my life, Greg, mm-hmm. I do slightly miss Omar Minaya. Okay, explain. Because Omar Minaya would somehow get one of like Marcelo Zuna, Christian Yelich, or Adini Echeverria from the Marlins this offseason. It is true. For like a B he- prospect. He's very good at trading at fleecing the Marlins specifically. <laughs> yeah, he was a little bit more exciting in the off seasons, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so Active. if you believe that Ozuna is more like 2014 Ozuna, you absolutely go after him. Otherwise, he's kind of duplicative of Juan Ligaris at this point. Yeah. I was going to say he was redundant. Um yeah, not much else to say on that. I mean, um, I take him think- in the right deal. I think there's some upside there still. And did he, I don't know how much he, they, they treated him like crap last year. Send him to yeah. New Orleans to buy back service time. It's just, it's just the the Marlins are a national disgrace. And if they trade Jose Fernandez, I mean, just forget about it with the NL East next year. It's just going to be a disaster. I feel bad for Don Mattingly, but you know, Twitter shrug. He's getting paid. Yeah. And probably not for fulfilling all the terms of his contract, but he's getting all the money. <laughs> yes. Hey, Jeff. Oh, this is our last email. It's from David. Hey, Jeff and criminal accomplices. So I just finished listening to the last podcast where you were discussing what players are podcast legends. Two thoughts. Duda is and always will be a podcast legend. He's been the answer to your opening question so many times that I believe he disqualified him at one point. This is fair. He's probably the closest thing to what if it would be if Sasquatch played baseball. Also, your omission of Bartolo is scandalous for the simple fact that no matter what the criteria for legendary status is, Bartolo qualifies. Also fair. Two, the crazy wing of the Mets fan base, so the Mets fan base, seems to be freaking out over Travis Darno's. He excluded the last name because I've never managed to learn how to spell it. I mean, you could just Google it. Specifically his uh, defense, specifically his throwing. So just for fun, I watched three plays of all the stolen bases the Mets allowed in the World Series. In every case, with the exception of Nice, our pitchers never even looked at a runner. On the two off of Nice, in both cases, they ran on a curveball that bounced. Given that Travis threw out a respectable 33% during the regular season, are you concerned with his defense, or is this just Mets fans being well Mets fans? Thanks for all the great work during the postseason. You guys are the champions. Um, I mean, he was popping 1-9 on almost all the throws I got from him in the World Series. They just weren't accurate. Some of them were bad pitches or runoffs when the Royals got good jumps, and some of the pitchers didn't pay attention. And that's what the Royals do. Um, is he a great defender behind the plate? No. He has obvious nope. strengths and weaknesses. Yep. He did cut down on pass balls this past year, which was yep. good. Um, you know, he's one of the better framers in baseball by a baseball protection's framing metric. Um, you know, he, I think he was top 10 in what essentially is a partial season. Am I worried about it? I mean, it... I'm not worried about his defense. He's not Yadier Molina, but if he's going to hit 270 with 20 home runs and actually stay healthy for a season, you know, he could be a butcher back there, and I wouldn't really care. And he's not. He's fine. He's a major league quality defensive catcher. If Darno stays healthy for a full year, he could be a dark horse MVP candidate next year. Ooh. Hashtag, right? uh, yeah, just like fire scene, fire, fire, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, right there. 
That's my hot take. Those are your emails. Once again, you can email the podcast at podcast at amazingavenueaudio.com. I don't have an IFK Gothenburg update because IFK Gothenburg season is over, but the Swedish national team <laughs> did qualify for the European Championships through the playoffs today. They, uh, they Abramovic? Yes, Latan. Yes. He scored both their goals. They went through 4-1 on aggregate. I didn't see the first, the second leg today. I did see the first leg um, where they won 2-1. Gustav Svensson, uh, IFK Gothenburg's defensive midfielder, did get an appearance, did get a cap in the game, came out as a sub. And they'll head off to the uh, European Championships in Portugal next month. Yeah, Latin scored a ridiculous free kick. Yeah. For the second goal of the game, yeah. I didn't see that. I retweeted it on Twitter. You can find it. Does it? Yeah, I could. <laughs> did, did they, does that start next month? Is that what you said? Next summer. Next summer. Yeah. Okay. It's in the offseason. So Sweden will go on joining uh, Ireland, Hungary, and I think the Ukraine ended up holding on. It's the fourth playoff team to join, the, I think, the eight team that already qualified. It'll be fun. Yeah. I'm glad that Ireland got in because I hope uh, Kieran Westwood, Wednesday's keeper, is healthy by then. He should really be their number one goalkeeper going into uh, the Euros if he stays healthy and stays on form. No Shea Gibbon? Shea Gibbon. <laughs> <laughs> they were starting... Uh, West Ham's reserve keeper. I forget. Usually they have the 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 uh, the Millwall keeper, which always is weird to me. But I don't think Gibbons been the number the number one choice for a while. No, no. When I first started doing, I I do fantasy EPL. <laughs> I was wondering where you came up with Shea Given. I mean, I know Shea Given is, but... Yeah, when I first jumped into it, he was, like, one of the better keepers. I think yeah. he was on Aston Villa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, actually and... has, he actually has six caps this year with them. I did not, uh... did not realize that. Yeah, I do yeah. the... The fantasy EPL keeps me up to speed a little bit in the EPL. Yeah. Yeah, he was retired for a while, I thought so. See, I haven't... Kept his close tabs on Ireland's uh, national team squad machinations that I probably should have. Stephen Ireland on the Ireland team? On that note, he had a lot of buzz. It's better than better than Lucas accidentally typing Hotspurs when he meant uh, Tottenham <laughs> Hotspur. I think it was an, he's claiming it was an autocorrect, but. I find that hard to believe on our internal list. Uh, Unless he has a lot of Shakespeare of classes. Yeah, yeah. But on that note, we'll wrap things up. We're trying to do shorter podcasts. This was this was one of them. Tell us if you hate that. But Eric <laughs> wants to be able to listen to them during the week, and he won't listen to anything longer than 45 minutes. So We're going to give it a try in the off-season. Maybe uh-huh. do shorter podcasts more often, depending on my uh, scheduling and availability. I'm sure you're not complaining this was only like 40 minutes. I'm not complaining at all. So with our AAOPs and your emails dispatched with, we will see you next week for another edition of Amazing Avenue Audio.